0: Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This this, this is growing in grace. Another time, another place another Growing in Grace podcast. (laughs) He's a poet,
1: (laughs) and he knows it.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that was going to start rhyming, or I might have (laughs) thought further ahead, Joel. I'm Mike, and that's Joel over there, and we're just a couple of goofy guys trying to set the record straight when it comes to the the gospel of grace, and we're glad you found us, however it may have been. If you're new to the podcast, you can get caught up with us at growingingrace.org. We've got all archived programs there, but we're not going to make you go back uh, 11 years or so. We're just going to say, start about 18 months ago and then catch up to us.
1: Yeah, and that would be a good idea, especially with this, with this podcast, the series that we're doing. It is hard to get all of... Uh, what we're saying in just one individual podcast, it really is a series meant to be enjoyed as a series. No, uh, but anyway, what you were saying there about another time and another place, just real quick. It just reminds me of that. There was a song by Christian artist, Wayne Watson, uh, another time and another place. And, uh, and then Mark Lowry, now his, uh, his parody that he did of that song with Sandy Patty. And she's going to sing with him some other time, some other place. <laughs> it was just, that's a good song. Look that up. Look up the original, Another Time, Another Place by Wayne Watson. And then the parody, (laughs) because it gives gives me the giggles just thinking about it. But we're doing the Lord's Prayer here. And, uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that was a nice segue.
1: (laughs) Ah, Yeah, really. Wasn't it, though? Uh, Let's start this over some other time, some other place. But... (laughs) The question, <laughs> the question comes up, Cap. Say somebody is listening to our series here. We've been talking about, and again, go back and listen to the, the last few podcasts, we, but we've been talking about how the Lord's Prayer, what is known as the Lord's Prayer, was an old covenant prayer. Jesus was directing his disciples to pray for stuff that hadn't happened yet, and then with his death, burial, and resurrection— it was done. It, it, th- those things came to pass. And so someone's following along with us. They they understand what we're saying. But then they think there's there are some things in this prayer that are still worthwhile praying about. Uh, shouldn't we, it, you know, find maybe a dual meaning to this prayer? Shouldn't we continue to pray this prayer anyway? I mean, what what do you think about that?
0: Well, I'm going to try to be gentle. Not Gentile. I haven't, always, I haven't always thought this way. A lot of what we teach on this program, we didn't used to think the way that we think (laughs) now. Um, So why would we want to pray for something that Jesus told his disciples to pray regarding redemption after they were told that they had to live perfectly under the law and abide by that law of works perfectly in order to be accepted by God and, and basically get to heaven. I mean, Jesus is teaching them something. You need to pray this way. You need to do it now. It was something more imminent for those people at that time, not for forthcoming generations to pray. I mentioned this a couple weeks back, but I just find it hard to fathom referring to the kingdom of God. I find it hard to fathom because most people think, well, it's some future far off kingdom when really the, the kingdom was And Jesus himself said this, the kingdom was approaching it. It had arrived through him, Jesus, the king of the kingdom. There's this new kingdom, this new covenant that was going to begin. So I just find it hard to believe that Jesus would be telling all forthcoming generations to pray for something that would never occur in their earthly lifetime. The kingdom Mm -hmm. has come, for example. So why would we keep praying for it to come? Jesus was referring to something more imminent for those people to whom he was speaking. And so, I think and to answer to your questions, people will still look at this because they don't really understand what it is the prayer is seeking. So they they see well we do want the kingdom to come, yes, God's name is holy. Um look, Jesus and we're going to get into the bread here a little bit, the, the give us our daily bread. Jesus, the king of the kingdom has come. He is our daily bread. He has been given to us already. We have been forgiven. God's will was done through the sacrifice of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Talked about that last week. All of these things have been done. So there's really nothing left for us to pray in regards to this particular prayer, which is why not one single disciple or apostle, I should say, Not any of the people who wrote epistles in New Covenant writings after the four books of the Gospels, nobody ever once, not once, pause, just stop for three seconds here, and let's have a moment of silence after I say this, because none of them ever once said, let's pray the prayer that the Lord taught us. Nobody ever told us to pray this prayer in New Covenant writings. Considering the emphasis that the church world has put on this prayer, don't you find that just a little bit odd? I mean, stop and think about that. Just for just for a few seconds, think about that. Uh, and, and and realize this was a prayer for Jewish people, not for Jews and Gentiles later in the New Covenant, but for Jewish people under the law. So
1: that's how I would answer that, Joel. I totally disagree. No, just kidding. <laughs> Actually, everything that you said, that's that's right. I mean, I think sometimes if we're stuck in our traditions, in a traditional mindset. And maybe that's even a little harsh for some people, if you're really um, into a tradition, because some traditions are just fine, they're okay. That doesn't mean that other people have to follow the same traditions. But in this case, the tradition has been to pray this prayer in the church for the last how many years, when, as you were saying, it's already been done, it's already been fulfilled, there is nothing left in this prayer. Like we said last week, it was meaningful at the time. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray this prayer, he was instructing them to pray for something true and real and something that was yet to come. And then with Jesus Christ, with his death, burial, and resurrection, it came, it happened, all of these things happened. And so we've got the last uh, several podcasts to listen to uh, in which we've talked about about half of this prayer so far. And now we'll move into some other things like, give us this day our daily bread— you know, yeah, some and, and
0: Joel, if I can just jump sure. in real quick here before we get into the bread, I think part of the problem here is the mindset that people have, assuming that the red letters, the words of Jesus, are always directed to us, mm-hmm. and they are for us, but they're not always directed to us, and that is so obvious. If you look through the entire Bible, not everything is to us, but it's it's for our benefit to gain a better understanding of God and and the things that came through Jesus Christ and the, and that, but If you really think that everything Jesus said was meant to be for you, have you sold everything and given it away? Did you go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit? I mean, there were a number of different things Jesus would say to to people while he was ministering the law that were not meant for us under the new covenant. So it's just hard sometimes for people to get out of that mindset. And, you know, once they do, they can begin to see that not everything Jesus said, even in the red letters, was meant to be applied to our lives in the New Covenant.
1: Right. And just real quick, and I'll let you get back into that. If you want to listen to the very first podcast in this series, we we did do a lot of that context about Jesus and his words under the red letters and all of that. So April uh, 2nd, 2017, podcast number 593. That was the first in the series, and we did lay a lot of that foundation down.
0: Okay, good deal so give us this day our daily bread i know we're getting into this a little bit late into the podcast but um but sometimes people you you'll get different points of view on this and that that's another issue is so you'll hear different things some some if people are trying to apply this prayer to our lives today as as believers in the new covenant you'll hear a, a lot of different points of view because they're trying to make something relevant that isn't necessarily relevant in our lives because again the prayer has been answered. Mm -hmm. Um, For for example, uh, bread. Some people think Jesus is just talking about physical needs and food. But just shortly after the prayer, Jesus told these Jewish people, don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be worrying about what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. So I would suggest that what Jesus is talking about here is himself. He is the bread of life. I mean, he's he's the, he's the covenant. As they prayed for God's will to be done, they should be looking for the day of salvation that was yet to arrive. When He was speaking to them, uh, as you uh, well, Jesus would become a covenant for the people. That that was found in Isaiah. Paul repeated that verse in Second Corinthians six two. Jesus would be a covenant. It was the day of salvation, and that's what Jesus is trying to get these people to pray for. I I just. There's so much to get into here, Joel. I think the one thing I'd like to try to squeeze in here is if you're going to try to connect some dots here, like what we did with Hebrews and the will of God earlier in the prayer, the bread of life, the the bread that comes from heaven is Jesus himself. John chapter 6 is your your key cross-reference here throughout the entire chapter, but let's just look at a few verses. Jesus is speaking here. He says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, hey, uh, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Uh, Whoever believes in me shall not thirst. And then shortly after that, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will—are you getting this? I, the bread of life, have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And And to get more specific, when Jesus was talking about he actually compared himself to the, the Jews who ate manna in the wilderness. Whoever eats of the living bread from heaven will live forever and partake of this bread by, we, we partake of this bread by believing. Jesus got specific in John, the last verses of John chapter 6, he said that the, the bread he would give for the life of the world was his flesh. So we're tying all of this together into the prayer. So instead of asking God for what has already been given, uh, our daily bread, thank him for it, because Jesus has already been given.
1: Hmm. Isn't is There's just so much in there. There's so much to, to just comprehend and grasp. I mean, something you read there really stuck out to me in John, uh, John 6, 34, where they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Isn't that the question that, he taught them to pray. Give us today our daily bread. Lord, mm-hmm. give us this bread always. And then, like you were saying, he himself, he himself was the answer to that prayer. He was instructing his disciples to pray something. And maybe even at the time, who knows, maybe they thought that he was talking about daily sustenance, you know, bread, food, and all that stuff. But then, like you said, after he had taught them, the Lord's Prayer. Just a few verses later, back in Matthew 6 here, <laughs> just it's just amazing when you put all these things together and uh, where he said, Seek first the kingdom of God. He, he said, Don't be concerned about these things. Don't be concerned with what you eat, with what you drink. Seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added unto you. Now, I know we're going to be talking about that in, uh, in an upcoming podcast, because why... Would Jesus say, "Seek first the kingdom"? If it hadn't already came, if it wasn't already there, if it wasn't already available, why would He tell them to seek it? But yet, it did come with the coming of Jesus. With you know, Jesus said, "The kingdom is at hand." And anyway, our time has run out for this one. We are going to take a one hundred and sixty-seven hour and forty-six minute break, and we'll be <laughs> back with you next week. Growing in grace, more talk about the Lord's prayer.